What's going on, everybody? This is Locked On Nittany Lions, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today is Wednesday, April 15th, 2020. And yes, we're going to talk once again about whether or not college football is going to be played in the fall. So brace yourselves. You've been warned. We're going to get into the latest on that discussion in today's podcast. We'll throw in some other topics as well as we continue to talk about some Penn State football during this offseason and a lot of mystery still going on about when we're going to get back to normal, but we'll keep the conversation flowing, keep you distracted, keep you occupied in the meantime. Best way to stay in touch with the podcast and stay up to date with the podcast is to subscribe on all your favorite podcasting apps on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio, whatever you use to listen to podcasts. You can also tell your home smart devices to play the Locked On Nittany Lines podcast on the Tuned In app. We also want you to be a part of the show at any time, so submit your questions, submit your comments, and we will bring them into the conversation as well. You can hit us up on Twitter, at LockedOnNittany. Check out our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash LockedOnNittany. And yes, we also have that Instagram account up and running, Instagram.com slash LockedOnNittany. Stay tuned. We're going to have a Twitch channel coming up very soon. We do have the YouTube channel up as well, so you can go to YouTube, search for Locked On Newton Lions there. So many ways to stay in touch with us. There's no excuse not for you to be a part of this show, so go ahead, fire away with your questions and your comments at any time, and get them in now, because Friday we'll go through and run through the entire mailbag that you guys are filling up right now. And so without any further ado, let's go ahead and get started. to get started today by issuing an apology to our listeners here on the podcast because if you listen to Monday's episode you're probably scratching your head a little bit because I was talking about how Shaka Tony pulled his name out of the NCAA transfer portal to make the decision to stay at Penn State. Obviously I don't know where I got the idea that he was in the transfer portal uh, so that is my bad because he never made uh, entry into the transfer portal. In fact, the only decision he made this offseason was whether or not to turn pro or to come back for his uh, another year of eligibility. So I don't know where the idea of him being in the transfer portal came from. I must have just been having my head scrambled or something. And I'm going to... I'll, I'll take the blame because I deserve it, but I just feel like I really misguided a lot of people out there and I probably uh, raised a lot more questions than were necessary. So let me apologize right off the bat for that bad information, that bad podcast segment. I don't like putting out bad information on this podcast, but when I do, I'm going to have to own up to it. And that was an unfortunate mistake. Now, there were some other issues with that Monday issue of the Monday episode of the podcast, if you listen to it, there were some technical glitches here and there, cut off some of the audio. I don't know what happened there. I will be honest with you. I, I maybe I just totally glossed over a couple sections and I totally missed something and I probably made some bad edits along the way. Again, I will take the responsibility for that. That's on me. Uh, you guys deserve a lot better than that. And I try to put out a better product for you. And Monday was just a, a mess all around on my point of view uh, from my uh, end of things. And I apologize for that. So again, I'll try not to make that happen once again. So yes, just to confirm, Shaka Tony was never in the transfer portal. He only made the decision to come back instead of turning pro. Uh, I still... We'll stand by some of the other things I said in that opening segment the other day, though, because uh, Shaka Tony coming back is certainly a strength for that defensive line. I think Penn State's defensive line continues to be one of the strengths that you can rely on uh, when it comes to the defense. And I think it's much more consistently productive in terms of NFL caliber talent. 
And I think Shaka Tony could be following in those footsteps. I, I think if he turned pro this year, he would absolutely would have been drafted. I don't really know how to say where he might have been rated as a draft pick. I don't know where he could have been projected to go if he were to turn pro. I leave all that stuff to the NFL draft experts. They look at things a little bit differently than I probably do. Uh, they certainly look at things more in depth than I do when it comes to uh, evaluating talent and what they will potentially be at the next level. That's not my area of expertise. I flat out admit that. And anytime I'm asked about my opinion on where players could potentially go in the NFL draft, I always rely back on the uh, the experts that follow this stuff on a regular basis. It's kind of like uh, uh, recruiting. You know, people will tend to ask me from time to time my thoughts on the current recruiting status and, you know, whether or not Penn State has a chance to get some random kid in Pennsylvania or Maryland. And I will flat out say, I have no idea. I probably don't even know the name. And I'll, I've been covering college football for a number of years now. And I have always said that when it comes to recruiting, I really kind of pay attention to all the recruiting information around the National Signing Day. And I do agree that following this stuff is important, and we will try to touch base with it. I'll try to educate myself a little bit so I can give you an informed opinion on some uh, recruiting developments and headlines that come out in, for Penn State. Certainly, we'll talk about the pros and we'll talk about the cons when things are necessary, uh, as we have done recently on the podcast. Penn State got a lot of good recruiting news over the last week, so we tried to comment on that with an informed opinion. I'm not going to just throw out an opinion just for the sake of having my voice heard. If I don't know anything about these players, I'm not going to pretend like I do. So that's a, you know, it kind of goes back to trying to establish a trust with you guys. You know, obviously I'm here to talk about Penn State football as many ways as possible, but I will readily admit that when it comes to recruiting and when it comes to you know, projecting where Penn State players could be in the NFL draft, not my area of expertise. Um, maybe I'll try to bring in somebody that can give us some of those opinions at some point. And we will try to get some guests on this podcast moving forward. It is definitely something that's on the on the to-do list uh, when we figure out exactly what we're going to do with it. But I will flat out say, <laughs> if I don't have an opinion on something, I'm not going to give you an opinion on something. So if I, I will try to build an opinion, I'll try to form an opinion on any number of topics. That's why I encourage you guys to ask me questions because if you ask me questions, I'm going to do some research and I'm going to get some more information on in my brain so that I can relate and form my own opinions and try to have a discussion with you guys. So that's why I'm always asking you guys to send me in questions because if you send me questions, I'm going to get smarter and hopefully that means that you're going to be more informed or at least entertained in some capacity by listening to this podcast. So to recap, Shaka Tony never went in the transfer portal. He decided to turn uh, down a, a chance to go to the NFL draft uh, very er much earlier in this offseason. Uh, so bad on me. Uh, he was never in the transfer portal. Again, I don't know where I got that idea. Uh, maybe I confused it with some other headline, or maybe I just misread something somewhere along the way. But Shaka Tony, never in the transfer portal. He's been at Penn State. He's remaining at Penn State. There was never an idea he was going to leave Penn State for another school. And Shaka Tony being back in 2021, 2020, I should say, uh, is very good news for Penn State and the defensive line. So that's what I'm going to say about that. And then we're going to move on. The Locked On NFL Mock Draft Special is officially underway. Be sure to check out the Mock Draft every day this week on Locked On NFL. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow Locked On NFL on Spotify. As is required by law, I am now going to discuss whether or not college football is going to be played this fall. 
And we're only going to do it briefly because I do want to get into a conversation about the college football playoff and what that could potentially lead to moving forward. So real quickly, as far as the latest conversation about whether or not college football is going to be played on time, I still remain optimistic that the season is going to be played in full. I think there could be potentially some cancellations here and there or maybe some rescheduling, especially with those week zero games. But I still lean towards the idea that college football, when week one comes around, is going to be able to kick off. Now, there's still been a lot of conversation and there's no real definitive answer for what's going to happen. Now, Chris Fowler of ESPN is one of the latest voices to come out to suggest that there are some logistical issues that could prevent the season from starting on time. And I totally agree with that. And I never disagree with that. And I think the more that we go through the summer sessions and we see more summer sessions being closed off to students on campus, you know, they're all being done at home or maybe they're just canceled entirely, whatever the case may be. The more we see that, the more unlikely it is that we see the start of the college football season. Because if you don't have classes open for the fall or you're not bringing students back on campus, you're not having football practices. Now, I know we all like to live in a bubble and think that football can uh, you know, be the, the savior or football can be above everything else just because we're starving for sports content. But that really is not the case at all. So we got to keep an eye on what schools are still operating, uh, not cl- back to normal but what schedule they're on in getting back to normal what path are these schools taking now we've all known that uh things being shut down it's really on a state-by-state basis and we're starting to see a lot of states now come together with the governors trying to figure out what they're going to do on a region-by-region basis i know here in pennsylvania governor tom worth is getting together with the governors of new jersey and new york and um maybe maryland basically the northeast middle atlantic uh, states are all kind of coming together, trying to figure out what's best for their region. Uh, out west, uh, the governors of California, Oregon, and Washington are getting together. They're forming their own plan. Uh, we'll see what the federal uh, government does with President Donald Trump and see what decisions that they're going to make and, and what influence that will have on what the states do. Because uh, the states still have the power to really determine whether or not college football is played. Because if the governors say that you can't bring uh, mass gatherings back together... Uh, then you're probably not going to be opening your classes again, which means, again, you're not going to be having those football practices. Uh, Chris Fowler, of course, uh, of ESPN College Game Day, he knows the logistics of running a college football uh, schedule because he's on that game day bus, or he's probably on a plane, to be honest with you. But they're going around traveling around the country uh, for college game day, and they're supposed to be kicking off their broadcast season uh, in Ireland for that Notre Dame Navy game. I don't think that that game is going to be played in Ireland, but that's beside the fact. Uh, There is some serious concerns, obviously, still moving forward. And there's just not a lot of information definitively on what's going to be able to happen. So we can speculate. We can prepare for all the different options on the table until we know definitively when schools are going to be back open. Uh, That's really our first our first mile marker on getting back into a college football grind. So we're going to continue moving forward as if the season is going to start on time. And I'm going to try and limit the conversation here unless there's something significantly different about this conversation because I do get tired of talking about the same talking points over and over again. Honestly, you probably get a little tired of hearing the same things over and over again. Obviously, we can still have the conversation. I will try to minimize how much we're actually talking about it right here on this podcast moving forward. Again, until we have 
something worth discussing moving forward. So we'll obviously keep an eye on it and we'll touch base on it uh, moving forward. But during these times with uh, COVID-19 basically shutting everything down, we're starting to see the economic uh, impact that this is having on college athletics. University of Cincinnati just shut down their men's soccer program, and I'm sure more schools are going to be doing the same. We saw Old Dominion recently cut their wrestling program. Now, hopefully these are programs that are just being on a temporary suspension of sorts, and hopefully these schools are going to be able to bring these programs back. I don't know if that's going to be the case. I don't know how soon that will be the case. We still haven't seen any uh, uh, threat to any programs at schools like Penn State or elsewhere around the Big Ten. But this is uh, starting to settle in where everybody's having to cut some budgets. Everybody's trying to trim the numbers a little bit wherever they can. Uh, And again, hopefully these are programs that are going to be coming back at some point in time. It's hard to do that for a lot of these programs, but we'll see what happens. But we, we understand that the economics of playing college football is really vital to a lot of universities and their athletic departments. And that's something that is really at the forefront of the whole conversation. There's a lot of pressure to play college football this year because there's a lot of revenue that can be generated. Whether fans are going to be able to attend the games or not, the revenue is really going to come from the, the schools and their media rights, the, the TV deals. That's where the big money comes from. The, the tickets are just a little bit of a cherry on top in many cases, especially at a school like Penn State. Ticket sale revenue is always going to be on a school-by-school basis. Obviously, if you have a bigger stadium, you're going to be selling more tickets. You'll make more off of tickets. Uh, And, of course, you you split that up with some of your opponents as well. Uh, But basically, the the revenue that's really in limbo here is the the media money. Remember, just recently, the NCAA men's and women's basketball tournaments were canceled. So that's a lot of lost revenue. It's a huge chunk of lost revenue. That's why a lot of schools are having to rethink about what they're going to do with their various uh, athletic programs not necessarily football but schools like uh, old dominion and wrestling and cincinnati and the men's soccer team so if you don't play college football you're going to lose out on a lot of tv revenue because that's where the big money is and that's really what's driving the whole conversation about the future of the college football playoff now it's kind of weird to be talking about stuff like this at this point in time but it is a conversation that's probably necessary to have now, Bill Hancock, the executive director of the college football playoff, is still putting out the line that they are focused on putting together the college football playoff as currently planned for the upcoming season. That's great. And they probably have plenty of time to be able to get that on the table here. Even if the season, the regular season is pushed back for whatever reason, or you, there's any adjustments to the regular season, you can still play the college football playoff as it's currently planned on around New Year's Day. And then again, a week later for that national championship game doesn't look like there's going to be a whole lot of interference there. So I don't see any reason why they should prepare for any other backup plan. Obviously, they probably have a backup plan in the discussion or they'll come up with one if they need it. But for right now, they're moving forward. But the big question is, is this going to lead to some pressure to expand the college football playoff? We know that that deal that ESPN has with the college football playoff, it's going to expire. And when it does expire, that's the very likely point in time when the college football playoff is going to expand. I've said from the beginning, even before we saw the first college football playoff, that expansion was inevitable. I don't see any reason to change my mind there. Uh, Four teams is fine for me. I don't care if it doesn't expand beyond four, but we know every playoff format in the history of sports will expand at some point in time. And I don't see why the college football playoff is going to be any different, especially when it opens up more revenue opportunities and more conferences can cash in on that revenue. I think there's going to be a lot of pressure 
to do the expansion at some point in time. And I think that they ended the current contract is when it's most likely to happen. But now there's some talk that maybe expansion will be more likely to happen now because more people will be in favor of this because of the economic impact of this ongoing COVID-19 crisis. I don't know if it's really just you know, searching for something to talk about as far as the college football playoff is concerned, but it makes sense to me because so many schools are going to be impacted by what's going on right now. Uh, regardless of how long this goes, obviously the longer it goes, the more of an impact it's going to have, but it's already having an impact now. So if there is a chance to expand the playoff field, generate more revenue and distribute that money to more schools and more conferences, I don't see any reason why it's not going to happen. So whether you're for college football playoff expansion or you're against it, understand this, it's going to happen at some point in time. I still say that it's going to happen at the end of the contract. And when the next contract starts up, that's going to be when the expansion happens. But if there's a chance that this is as serious of an economic impact as it's turning out to be for a lot of schools, I would not be surprised if there's talks about expanding it a little bit sooner. Not necessarily as soon as this upcoming season, but I could see it happening because it could happen as quickly as you need it to. There are ways to get around expansion uh, within one year time frame. I think it could easily be done. Don't know if it will be done, but I think it could be done. So we're talking a lot about the college football playoff expansion heating up. I still say it's inevitable just as it always was. But now we've got another reason to suggest that it's going to happen at some point, probably pretty soon. Let me know what you think. Are you in favor of college football playoff expansion? Are you still for a 14 playoff field moving forward? What are the pros and cons of college football playoff expansion in your mind? Let us know on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash There's going to be a post on the Facebook page today asking for your opinions on that. And we'll share them in an upcoming episode as well. Twitter can be pretty fun, and I try to have fun on Twitter. I like to have some open conversations, and I like to relay some questions. Even though I don't necessarily endorse the idea behind them, I do like to throw out the topic of conversation and a question that's thrown my way just to see what other people think. Now, one question that was recently brought into my mentions the other day, and I apologize, I couldn't find the tweet that originated this, but the basic question was, how would you modernize Penn State's football uniform? And I think that the idea was that he would, if he was asking James Franklin a question, what would James Franklin do? Is there any work being done to put together some kind of alternative, uh, modern look for Penn State's uniform? And the first question that came to my mind is, why? <laughs> why would you do this? <laughs> why would you do this to Penn State's uniform? Penn State's uniform, and I mean this uh, to a T, this is not a uniform that needs to be changed. Okay, if you want to have some slight modifications, I'm okay to some of the ideas. And I like some of the ideas we've seen with the uniform done in recent years, certainly under James Franklin, more giving it the kind of a throwback look. I love when they put the numbers on the helmet. I don't know if I will keep them on there permanently, but I do like it occasionally, especially around homecoming, something like that, kind of a throwback look. I, I like the idea of putting the number on there, uh, at least for one game. That, that's pretty cool. I, I'm all about that one when they decide to do it. And if they want to do it more often, I'm okay with that too. I'm, they're just throwing it out there. I just, I, I like Penn State's uniform the way that it is. Now, if there's one thing I would do, I would actually add the white neckline 
and I think they had the white uh, stripe around the bottom of the sleeves as well. The kind of uniform that they had back in you know, f- the, the 1994 team that we talked about the other day on the podcast, it, the uniforms that they wore. I, I liked the white neckline around the, the top of the jersey. And I think, again, like I said, I think they had the white trim on the bottom of the sleeve. That's the one thing I would put back on the uniform on a full-term basis. Uh, again, I'm not opposed to not having it on there right now, but if that's the one tweak I would do, that's that's probably what I would do. I just don't think if you are going to modify Penn State's uniform that you want to do too much, and I don't think you need to do too much. One idea that I always thought might be interesting to see would be if Penn State came out with a matte finish on their white helmet. I think that that would be pretty good. Again, it goes back to kind of a throwback look. I think it would be more of a classic feel for their uniform maybe if they did that and maybe put the number on there i think it would look pretty sharp uh, i i understand having a nice shiny helmet's pretty cool i don't think we need to see a chrome white helmet although i'd be interested to see what it looks like but i just don't think that that would be uh something that penn state would need to do i think uh, the, the white helmet is perfectly fine the blue stripe down the middle uh, uh if you want to change the color of the face mask as they have done I, i'm okay with that too although i think it's pretty good the way it is again i don't think Penn State, it's one of those uniforms that you need to mess around with. It's like Notre Dame. It's like Alabama. I can't scratch my head enough at how many times Michigan and Ohio State decide to change their alternative look every now and then. I know Ohio State has a lot of fun uh, going with the all-black uniform or the all-gray uniform. I'm okay with the all-gray uniform, but I still think that that's something that uh, I, I can't wrap my head around who approved that idea. Now, I understand this is all about recruiting. It's always going to be about selling uh, flashy uniforms to dumb high school kids. You know what? And I'm just generalizing here. Uh, high school kids are wowed by stupid stuff like uniforms, different uniforms. That's one of the reasons why Oregon was so successful when they started this game. Uh, but, you know, they've kind of lost their advantage when it comes to having diversified uniform looks because everybody, not everybody, but a lot of schools are doing it now. Uh, Maryland's doing it. Ohio State does it. Uh, a lot of schools uh, will have a variety of uniforms to show off. North Carolina uh, the other day on their football account, they tweeted a, a GIF uh, that I think had 20-something different combinations of uniforms. And I like a lot of their combinations, but there are some that I just don't like at all. Now, when a school like Alabama goes ahead and gets one of those pro combat uniforms, you take a look at it, and it's not all that different from their actual you know, regular look. There's a couple tweaks here and there. Uh, you know, a school like Clemson, I think, had one a few years back. There's not a whole lot that you need to do to certain uniforms. But again, if you want to modernize it, what would you do? Uh, what would you do to Penn State's uniform? Uh, would you put something on the helmet? Would you put a logo on the helmet? I'm totally against a logo on the helmet, first of all. Uh, again, I will go back. If you want to put the number on the helmet, I'm okay with that. But Again, I just don't think you need to do a whole lot to Penn State's uniform, but I'm very curious to see what you guys have to say about that. What would you do to Penn State's uniform? Would you uh, like to see one of those throwback uniforms that a lot of people seem to have some fun thinking of where they go back with the pink and black uh, as the men's basketball team does uh, at least once a season? I'm totally against that. I'm going to throw that out there right now. That's something I do not want to see, (laughs) but uh, again... Uh, have some fun with it. Let me know what you think about Penn State's uniform. What would you do to modernize it? And what would you do to have some fun with with uh, with the way that Penn State looks on game day? 
Now, another question I want to throw out your way too uh, on this Wednesday because it was something that's kind of floating around in my head. The other night, I was sitting there watching the game one of the 2001 NBA Finals between the Philadelphia 76ers and the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, it is the game where Allen Iverson has his famous and iconic step over of Teron Liu uh, in overtime after making a bucket uh, to help put the Sixers up. And at the same time, Fox Sports 1 was airing the uh, the 2017 game between Penn State and Ohio State where Penn State jumped off to a big lead in Columbus and Ohio State obviously came back to win the game. I spent more time watching the Sixers game, but I found it pretty interesting and good timing for me because I am going through uh, right now the video archives that I can find online to find some classic Penn State games that we can add to the mix to watch together on our Twitch channel once we get that up and running. So I do still want to hear from you guys. Let me know what games you would like us to try and dig up and what games we can go back and relive or maybe watch for the first time from some of you, maybe including me, and just let me know what kind of games you're interested in. I do already have a couple of games that I've got copies of that we will be able to at least test stream. And I do want to make sure you're following on Twitter at Locked on Nittany so you can stay alerts for when we do go live on our Twitch channel. Again, stay tuned. We're going to have some fun with this. And I want to get your input. I want to get games that you want to see uh, rebroadcast in a sense and what games you want to have some fun just kind of reflecting on and talking about or, again, maybe witnessing for the first time. I know it's been a long time since I've seen some of these games and maybe some of these games are going to be I'm going to be watching for the first time. But I, of course, I'm all ears. I want to watch games with you guys and see what games you want to see. So we'll see what we can dig up as best as we possibly can. I'm putting together a little bit of a, a list of games that we could have some fun with. And I'm looking forward to it. So send in your suggestions, what games you want to relive. And uh, the other question I want to throw your way is non-conference scheduling because we have some games against non-conference opponents that are already lined up here for some potential streams and i want to see some more creativity from penn state's future non-conference scheduling now of course this year we're going to get a road trip to virginia tech that's pretty cool it's a home and home series with the Hokies. first time ever that penn state and virginia tech had played uh if you can't i couldn't believe it when i first saw that but it's finally going to happen those two schools are going to play and of course uh, auburn is coming up on the schedule for our home and home series west virginia is going to be coming back into the rotation those games should be a lot of fun and, you know, of course, you're going to get games against San Jose State and Kent State. But if you're going to have a marquee opponent every year on your non-conference schedule, who else would you add? I'm going to throw out some names that I don't want to hear uh, names right now because these are names that always pop up. You can't say Alabama. You can't say Notre Dame. You can't say Oregon. OK, uh, if you want to say Texas or Oklahoma, I'll allow that. But those are three schools that I'm just not going to allow on this list because we've seen Penn State and Alabama and those games are always uh, fun. Obviously, Alabama got the upper hand the last time they played a home and home series. But I would like to see that again as well. Uh, of course, Oregon is always going to be a fun game because you, know, you figure you've got your classic throwback style of Penn State, which we were just talking about with that uniform just go, uh, going up against Oregon. And it's been a while since those two schools have played in that 1995 Rose Bowl. I'd be pretty interested in seeing a home and home series with the, the, the Ducks. And of course, Notre Dame. Everybody wants to play Notre Dame. So uh, those are three schools I'm taking out of the, the realm of conversation for these purposes. But I am going to throw another Pac-12 school out your way, and that's going to be the USC Trojans. Uh, remember, Penn State and USC have a good history uh, in non-conference play and obviously in some bowl games as well. 
And I would like to see more of that. <laughs> I honestly would. Uh, USC has had the upper hand on Penn State the last couple times they've played at this point. Uh, but I think a home-and-home -home series with USC would be a, so much fun. I know USC is kind of a, a program that's kind of uh, uh, floating around mediocrity right now. And I'm not taking that into consideration. I'm just thinking about Penn State getting a chance to go out and play in the Coliseum. I think that that would be a pretty cool experience. Uh, I want to see Penn State go to some of these other historic venues as well. And, of course, going to Oregon would be great because it's an electric atmosphere and it gets really loud there, apparently. I'd like to see Washington. Uh, obviously, you get a chance to play Texas or Oklahoma. That would be pretty cool, too. Uh, and, and I think that that's one thing that Ohio State has actually done pretty well over the years. They've, they've landed some really good marquee non-conference opponents. And they've done so at times when Ohio State's been pretty pretty good and it helps boost their playoff or I guess BCS uh, possibilities uh, by getting some of those wins to go their way you know Georgia is uh, scheduled pretty well they're going to be playing Clemson this year Clemson is uh well they're hit or miss when it comes to their non-conference schedule but I think even Alabama is trying to make efforts to get some good marquee non-conference opponents so I think Penn State should be in that conversation as well. So I think uh, seeing a power conference opponent on a regular basis and maybe some names that we haven't seen before or it's been a long time since we've seen Penn State play, I think it would be really fun. Now, I've already been on record. I think that Penn State and Pittsburgh should play every year. And I'm going to take that to my grave. I will not change my opinion on that. I think those two schools should be playing every year. And if I had my choice, they'd be playing at the end of the season rather than Penn State versus Rutgers or Penn State versus Maryland. Although I'd be okay with Penn State, Maryland, uh, if that can grow a little bit. But, you know, I, I still think that it would be really fun to see Penn State play some marquee opponents on a regular basis. And, you know, one or two games a year, I think it would be fantastic. And if we're talking about expanding the playoff, I don't know if that's going to convince a lot of schools to, to schedule some of those uh, powerful opponents. But, you know, if we move forward and Penn State is committed to scheduling at least one opponent from another power conference uh, every year, I would love to see some really good names on the mix. So I want to hear what schools would you like to see added to the rotation? Maybe you want to see Mississippi State. Maybe you want to see a Joe Moorhead versus James Franklin uh, coaching matchup. You can't because Joe Moorhead is no longer the head coach at Mississippi State. I totally forgot about that until I just said it out loud. Uh, but hey, maybe you're down for a James Franklin versus Mike Leach head-to-head uh, -head squabble. That'd be interesting <laughs> but let me know hit us up on twitter at locked on nittany share us share with us what non-conference opponents you want to see what games you want to see replayed and what would you do to penn state's uniform and that is going to do it for today's podcast thank you so much for listening on this wednesday again if you're isolated at home quarantined at home whatever your case may be whether you're working from home or you're teaching your kids from home I feel for you. Let us know how you're doing. We want to make sure we've got something to keep you entertained and kind of take your mind off of things uh, as often as we can. Again, we are doing three shows a week right now. Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays will generally be the schedule. But if you subscribe in your favorite podcasting app, you never have to worry about missing a single episode. So make sure you go ahead, subscribe to our podcast in iTunes and Google Play and Spotify, whatever you're using. Subscribe, rate, and review. It does help us out a tremendous amount, and it helps us keep moving. Keeps helps us staying moving forward and motivated to keeping you entertained and giving you something to come back to. And of course, we always want you to be a part of the show. We want you to be feeling like this is something that you would invite others to be joining in as well. Best way to connect with us is on Twitter by hitting us up on Twitter at Locked On Nittany. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash locked on Nittany. And again, we do have the Instagram account as well, instagram.com slash locked on Nittany. Got a Twitch channel coming. We are on YouTube as well, so make sure you search for those as well. 
Coming up on Friday's episode, we'll get into the mailbag a little bit. We've got a couple other topics that we can throw into the conversation, but send us your questions now so we can make sure we answer them in Friday's podcast. I do have something going up on Athlon Sports very soon, kind of looking at the upcoming schedule for Penn State, so we'll kind of reflect on that as well in our next episode. And you're going to get my thoughts on some of the toughest games that Penn State's going to play this upcoming season. The road schedule in September, not all that kind to the Nittany Lions. We'll talk about that on Friday's episode. I'm Kevin McGuire. You can give me a follow on Twitter as well, at Kevin on CFB. Check out my national college football coverage on NBCSports.com's College Football Talk and, of course, on over on AthlonSports.com. That's it for me today, but if you want to continue getting some really good sports podcast information, check out Chad Ford's NBA Big Board right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. You won't regret it. If you're an NBA fan, you got to check out Chad Ford's new show, on the Locked On Podcast Network. That's Chad Ford's NBA Big Board airing right now. That's it for me. Have a great day today. Go want to know whatever you may be doing and come back on Friday. We'll have some fun to kickstart our weekend in style. So thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I will talk to you again on Friday.